This is part two in our series of the sanctity of Shabbos. And last week we discussed more philosophically, uh, hashkafically. There's more source sheets here for anyone who didn't get who wants. Um, we discussed philosophically, uh, emotionally, spiritually, what the message of Shabbos is, we hope, or the experience of Shabbos, not just to be about the don'ts and even just the do's, uh, in the technical sense, but in the broader sense of experiencing the beauty and the spirituality of Shabbos, and certainly not to focus too much on the don'ts. Uh, the truth is that at some point we really should start having some shurim on the don'ts, because they really, really are important, uh, and you can't have uh, half Shabbos. There's no Shabbos with just mitzvot or just spirituality without the discipline that comes with knowing what not to do. But uh, I decided uh, that uh, today we would not go into any of the myriad and almost endless topics that we could discuss about things you can't do on Shabbos, but rather we would focus on the halacha of something that we all must uh, do on Shabbos. I had mentioned last week, and this has really been a theme and a pattern throughout the, this is the third year of this series, we always try to have a combination and a balance uh, of both machshava and also of halacha. So in this series, we wanted to do both machshava and halacha relating to Shabbos. So I checked back on the notes, uh, and for those of you with very good memories, you recall that not last year, but the year before, we had a series on candle lighting. That's the only series we had specifically relating to the halachas of Shabbos. I don't know if we did anything about Shabbos Dafka last year. Uh, but I thought, okay, if we've done candle lighting, so now let's do Kiddush. So I hope uh, today and perhaps next week as well, because there's still more to do that we're not going to cover today, uh, we would discuss the laws of Kiddush uh, in general as they apply to everyone and specifically with attention to how they apply uh, to women. So that is our topic for today and probably for uh, next week as well as we kind of do this mini-series, this unit on Shabbos. Again, the larger point and the larger whole full spiritual goal we talked about last week, but uh, there are obviously things that we have to do that are not only a mitzvot, but hopefully the things that will contribute to that hopeful spiritual experience. And obviously, one of is Kiddush, and that's a very, very important one. So if you take a look at uh, the first source on your sheet, uh, you will see that this is a Gemara. The Gemara tells us in Masech the Psachim, the very famous Gemara actually, that the Pasuk tells us in the Aser Sedibros, the Ten Commandments, if you haven't read the book, there's even a movie, uh, and you can see that it says, Zohar es Yom HaShabbos Lekadcho. There is a mitzvah to remember the day of Shabbos and to sanctify it. There is a parallel version of the Aser Sedibros. They were only given once, only one mountain, only one giving of the Torah. But we have two different... Uh, stories that relate to that event, one when it actually happened in, in Yisro, and then at the end of Moshe's life when he does his valedictory address and he reviews uh, his life and everything that happened to the Jewish people in the desert. So we have another set, uh, recitation or uh, you know, giving over of the story of the Ten Commandments. And there, actually, there is a slight difference because it says not Zohar Shema Shabbos Lakacho, but Shmor Shabbos, to, be, to guard or protect the Shabbos. And we have discussed this in the past, uh, that the assumption is that this teaches us Zohar is the mitzvos, like Kiddush, and Shamor is not to do the Molochos. And as we say in L'Chadodi every Friday night, Zohar V'Shamor V'Dibor Echad. And as Rashi tells us from Chazal, this is a miracle no human being could say things simultaneously. No human being can hear things simultaneously. But a double miracle occurred at the giving of the Torah. Hashem was able to say both Zohar and Shamor simultaneously. And maybe a bigger miracle is that we could hear it simultaneously. Many times over the years I have tried, and over the years each one of my kids have tried. Zohar You can get it close, but you can't do it exactly simultaneous. It's impossible. It's impossible to say two things at once simultaneously. That was a miracle. 
Now, why did Hashem do this? Just to flex, ooh, yet another miracle. As if you weren't impressed when he split the Yamsuf, or, no, but no, I can even, not only can I split the Yamsuf, I can even say two words at once. No, he wasn't doing it just to flex, but rather because uh, Gemara tells us, as it very much relates to women in particular, as we have seen two years ago, we'll see again in this series, that it's teaching us that there's no such thing as half Shabbos. That is to say, Zohar and Shomer have to go together. You can't divide the assays and the lotases. And we know there have been many Jews over the centuries who consciously or otherwise wanted to do exactly that. Love my kiddish. That's nice. Chala. Oh, it's so nice. And a meal. Who doesn't want to be with their family? And then afterwards, they're going to go drive a car or go to work. So here, I'm not sitting in judgment of them. That's not our role at all now. And many people... Certainly at various points in Jewish history, had a tremendous nisayon. If they didn't go to work on Saturday, they couldn't go to work on Monday. I'm not going into all of that now. But at least in the abstract, we have to be clear about what the truth is. The truth is that there is no such thing as kiddush without keeping the discipline. Chalab, but then going to work. Shabbos is not, you know, it's... You know, there are other things they say this about. You know, 99% is nothing. You can't be half... The other thing is half Shabbos. It's Zohar v'shamor v'diborecha. They go together. I think it was in a broader context, he used this to analogize the whole life of mitzvot, but it certainly relates to Shabbos. I think it was Rav Salvechik who so beautifully said, you need to have the discipline so that you can have the romance. Everyone gets excited for the romance, and the beauty of the Judaism, and that's the stuff we spoke about last week. Last week was a share about the romance of Judaism. How beautiful it can be, the rendezvous with Hashem, but you can't have a long-term relationship without the rules and the expectations and the discipline. First the discipline, then the romance. That's Zohar v'shamor. You need to have them both. Okay, so, but we're talking about the Zohar part. Our topic now is Kiddush. And says the Gemara, back to source number one, Zachreu al hayayin You see from this passage, how do you remember Shabbos? Remember Shabbos by saying Kiddush over wine. In the Elabalayla, we know that we make Kiddush at night. It's not just Shabbos, but Yom, so it's not only the day, the night of Shabbos, but also the day. Okay, this is one source from Chazal, one Gemara. However, it's important to note that there are other sources, and one of them, even an earlier source than the Gemara, the Torah's Kohanim, that's from the same generation of Rabbanim who wrote the Mishnah, that's a generation above, even more authoritative than the Gemara, is the second source on your sheet, the Torah's Kohanim, the Medrash, which says, interestingly enough, yes, it says, remember Shabbos. If you didn't know anything, you just landed from Mars, you didn't know anything about Judaism, you never spent a Shabbos in your life. And I just told you that there is a command to remember the Sabbath. How would you, what would you assume if you had no priors, no biases, no nothing, no experience, what would you assume is the method and the means of remembering Shabbos? How would you do that? What, what mode? In your mind, right? Remember is intellectual, not verbal. So the, the Medrash acknowledges that. Yochol belibcha. Maybe it allows us to think about Shabbos. Remember Shabbos. Don't forget about it. The way we would use the word forget. But remember, the way we would use the word remember. Remember in your mind. So the, no, no, the, the Medrash says no. Kishu Omer, Shamor, Harishmira, Slave, Amura. The Medrash says, no, another way of looking at the difference between the first set of luchos, the first version of the luchos and the second, not the way we had said previously, one is the mitzvos, 
and the romance. The second is the malacha and the discipline. But here is, you know, if I only had shamor, I would have thought, okay, shamor is I have to think about it. Zachor teaches us that you actually have to articulate it. Now, I'm emphasizing this to you because what is absent in this source that was in the first source? Who noticed? What was absent? Any reference to what? Now, this is, this is it's a referral, we're referring to Kiddush, but what key component of Kiddush is absent in this second source? First person wins a prize. <laughs> of my enduring respect. Okay, okay, I take it back. A million things are... That's what I was looking for. You're right also, true. You're, you're right, Dova. But yes. I re- I'll take you out to a good restaurant in Chicago. Your, yes, your husband might be a part owner. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Um, but if we can get a good deal, then maybe we'll, take, oh, we'll go out together. Okay. So... Interestingly enough, and there are other sources like this that don't mention the wine at all. And if you think about it, there really are two components to Kiddush. There's what we say, and there's the fact that we say it while holding this cup, and then we drink the wine. And the first issue that we need to understand is, what is the actual mitzvah? Is the mitzvah the wine, or is that a integral part of the mitzvah? Or is it the actual words? Or is it both? Which is the mitzvah? This is actually... If you can believe it, because as my many students and even my wife over the years have told me, the rabbis can make anything complicated. <laughs> a three-way machlokas. Three-way machlokas, oh my God. <laughs> anyway, so the majority view is found in the Rambam, next source. Rambam says, Mitzvah Asemen HaTorah, Kaddish is Yom HaShabbos B'dvarim. Kiddish is Mitzvah Daraisa, it's from the Torah. It's not rabbinic, it's not a custom. Kiddush is a mitzvah daraisa. That's how we fill, fulfill in the best way possible the mitzvah of remembering Shabbos by making Kiddush. But it says the Rambam, what is the mitzvah daraisa? What is the Torah obligation? The words that we say. Based on Zohar Shem Shabbos Akacho. As the Rambam says going into the second line, a very famous formulation, Kolomar, that means to say, Zacharehu Zechiras Shevach V'Kiddush. We sanctify and praise, celebrate Shabbos with the words that we say in the Kiddush. When do we do this? So interestingly, the Rambam has a parallel, uh, maybe, not, uh, maybe later this year, maybe next year. At some point, maybe we'll give a series of Shirman Havdalah, which is also a very important halacha, and also has unique women halachas, as you know. But the Rambam, if, I'm not going to dwell on it now, but the Rambam very much associates Kiddush and Havdalah together. They're like bookends. They accomplish the same thing, just mirror images of them of each other. Because they both, if you think about it, you might think, oh, Kiddush and Avdal are the opposites. But Ramam says they're actually the same. They're both serving the exact same purpose. To separate Shabbos from the other days of the week. Kiddush separates Shabbos from the days that came before it. Avdal is separating it from what's going to happen next. Parent-child learning, pizza, all the good... <laughs> oh, we at work too, I guess. That happens during the week also. Okay? But... In both cases, the purpose of Kiddush, says the Ramam, is to articulate, to delineate the Shabbos is different than the other days of the week. Mali before, Mali after. It's the same thing. That's the Rambam. I'm not saying everyone has to agree. I'm not sure if it matters or not. But that is a very well-known formulation of the Rambam. But now I want to emphasize the next part. Says the Rambam, Mi divrei sofrim al hayayin. The fact that we have to do this with a cup of wine is only rabbinic. 
says the Rambam, the primary source among the, again, there's a few of them, but of the two that we saw, the primary source is the Medrash, not the Gemara. When the Gemara says that you have to make Kiddush on wine, that's not a real bona fide source. We do make Kiddush on wine. But that Gemara is not really authoritative. The real, the real mitzvah is the words. The wine is a cherry on top. The wine is something extra. If you think about it, in the secular world we have a sense of this too. You can give a speech, but sometimes it's more choshev if you give a toast. What's the difference between the toast and the speech? It's the same speech. No, but I'm holding a glass. I'm raising a glass to the chasun and kala or whatever. Right? It lends a certain luster and chashi, significance to what you're doing. Is it, but, it's not, but it's not the cup. It's the words. But the fact that I said those words, whether to the Shabbos queen or to the bride and groom, whoever it is that I'm saying it to, or I don't know, the company just raised a million dollars and we're going to have a big corporate party and we're going to make an announcement. So it's not just because people like to drink. That's, a, that's probably true too. But there's a certain... Hashivas, the people said this toast over the... So says the Ramam, that Kiddush really is the words. That's what's important. But we add a wine because it gives it a certain Hashivah, but that's really secondary. The Tosfos have a kind of a middle position in the next source and says, no, the mitzvah is to hold the wine. Like I said, and like we know from experience, those same words come across as much more with gravitas. If I'm holding a cup, I'm making a toast. But to drink the wine, all the halachos, how much to drink, and can't talk, and that's the Durabanan. Says Tosvot, the actual tasting, drinking the wine? I know that's some people's favorite part. Okay, but says Tosvot, that's the part that's rabbinic. But the nuance, the nuance is that Tosvot thinks that holding the cup, having a cup full of wine while I say the words of Kiddush, that is part of the mitzvah. Because Ramam, everything about the wine is secondary. Tosvot says his middle position. And then the final position, which you have in the, in the next source, Orzarua, who was a great uh, Rishon from Germany. So he actually says, no, what are, what, what are we doing here? Go back to the first source we saw. The very first source we saw couldn't be clearer. What does the Gemara say? Zacharehu al-hayayin. Make the Kiddush over a cup of wine and drink it. That is the Mitzvah Daraisa. So a three-way machloket. And we took one little line of Gemara and we made it complicated. Three different opinions. Is the mitzvah on the, from the Torah just the words? Is it the words while holding a glass? Or is it even drinking? Now you'll say to me, who cares? Does it make a difference? After all, everyone, including the Rambam, agrees that you have a glass and drink. No one's arguing about what to do. So the answer is it may very well make a difference. Take a look at the next source. Magain Avraham. Magain Avraham was a Polish posek, one of the commentaries, one of the primary commentaries on the Shulchan Aruch, very, very important posek from a few hundred years ago. And he says as follows. He says, we Paskin, and the, Mish- the Mishnah Brewer says it below, we follow the majority view. Even though I just gave you one, two, and three opinions, because I don't want to make a ten-page source sheet, but most of the opinions follow the Rambam. Ramban says it, and others... And this is how the Magen Avram Paskins quotes the Rambam. And he says, we have to realize, what is the implications of this? And now we're getting to where the rubber hits the road. Why does this matter? Why did we just spend seven, eight minutes on this? Because we have to understand that the essence of Kiddush is the words that we're saying, not the wine. We drank it, we didn't drink it. You pass it around, grape juice, not grape juice. You have one of those pisher cup things. You have, 
all the things, you have glass, you have silver, you have, it doesn't matter, ceramic, it doesn't matter how you give out the wine. It's all good, it's nice, it's a mitzvah. But it's not the main mitzvah. The main mitzvah is the words. So first of all, it's always just good to know what we're doing. We should, we should understand. It's a, different, it's a different experience, it's a different Judaism when we know, actually know what's happening. And we're just doing what our husbands are telling us to do, or our parents taught us to do. We should know what we're doing. The real mitzvah is the words. But it's more than that, it's more than that. Says the Magan Avram, one second. If the idea is that with our words, as the Rambam said, we have to acknowledge Shabbos, praise Shabbos, acknowledge that Shabbos is different than the days that came before it. Well, is the only way to do that Kiddush? Didn't something else happen already on Shabbos before that? We do almost the same thing with some of the same words in davening on Friday night. If you daven Mariv on Friday night, I'm not even discussing Kabbalah Shabbos and Lachadori, maybe that's something else. But part of the Shemona Esrei. On Mar Friday night, you will notice there are paragraphs there that are completely overlapping with the text of Kiddush. Now, obviously, you don't have Hagafen. Obviously, you don't have the wine. But what did we just say? That the wine is not really part of the mitzvah. It's a secondary thing. It's an afterthought. It's a rabbinic addition. But if the essence of Kiddush is the words that we say that acknowledge Shabbos, that designate Shabbos, so it says Magen Avram, nearly where it's underlined, did Midar Raisa, the Kiddush Sha'amar Batfila Sagi. If you say Marev, in essence, says the Magen Avram, which every man does, and some amount of women do as well, that is really Kiddush. That is really Kiddush. Wow. Now, just to see how far you could take this, skip a source, we'll go back. Rabbi Kiva Eger. Kiva Eger is already now another generation closer to us, but still, we're talking a while ago, already, five years ago, major, major league posek. Says Rabbi Kiva Eger, let's take the logic even further. Whether a person did or didn't say Shimon Esrei, this is really going to blow your mind. Where it's underlined, Rabbi Kiva Eger, the Kol Shemazkir Shabbos V'Omer Shabta Tavta Gam Ken Yotzei Demikal Makom Hiskir Shabbos Once we're saying it doesn't have to be Kiddush per se, it can even be the davening, why stop there? It could even be, he says, when a person says, in his words, Shabta Tavta. Who wants to translate that? Good Shabbos! Come home from school, Good Shabbos! Good Shabbos. Well, I don't say that on Tuesday. I'm probably not going to say it on Sunday. Good Shabbos is basically Kiddush, says Rabbi Kivager. What Kiddush? I thought Kiddush with the wine, the whole thing. Pass the cups. If you're in my house, Rabbi Galib always spills. And even when there aren't guests, it's not just me being from to like not that the guests shouldn't be embarrassed. I just do it because I can't somehow pour the cups into the thing. We've tried many methods. It's very, very, I'm consistent. If all of a sudden I stopped spilling, they wouldn't, my wife wouldn't know what to do with me. Who's the imposter who I'm married to? He always spills. So I try to continue to be, be consistent. Okay, so I thought that's Kiddush. Now comes along Rabbi Kiv Eger and says, Good job, this is Kiddush. He's not saying not to make Kiddush, you understand. Because there's all these extra things you get, especially the wine. But the words, in their essence, if you really boil them down. Now, why does this matter? First of all, it's just fascinating. Right? It's fascinating. But it matters because if it's true, this could have many ramifications. So for example, going back a source in the Mishnah Bura, 
he mentions, let's say a person, and you know, we're all getting a little older. I mean, like by definition, we're all getting older. Uh, but some of us are really getting, colloquially getting older. Our memories aren't always what they used to be. Let's say a person is not sure if they made Kiddush or not. They have a suffix. It's hard to imagine what the scenario would be that you can't remember Kiddush. A lot of other things we forget. I don't know how many times we forgot we made Kiddush. But I could dream up a scenario, maybe you're sick and you're on cold medicine, you're on this and Dramamine and you're sleeping and you're, who knows, you can't remember. I've had that where sometimes you were sick and you woke up, you know, 11 o'clock at night on Friday night, you were at the meal, you can't remember, did I make it? I could, I could imagine such a scenario, hypothetically. What do you do? Do I make Kiddush again? Or, I mean, do I make Kiddush? But I'm not sure. Maybe I did make Kiddush already. We have this a lot in Judaism, right? In Allah. Safek, I'm not sure. What should I do? I did make the bracha. I didn't make the bracha. What's the general rule we have about when in doubt in Judaism, in Allah? It depends on if it's a mitzvah from the Torah or rabbinic. If it's da'araisa, safek l'chomra. You better do it again just in case. If it's rabbinic, we say you can do without. You can be lenient. Well, now, what is Kiddush? You tell me. Is Kiddush Daraisa or Darabana? So if you, I would have thought, Kiddush is Daraisa. Zachar Shemesh Abzakacho. So therefore, if I'm not sure if I made Kiddush or not, I should do it. Again. And maybe it's not again. Maybe it's the first time. Whatever. I should do it. But says the Mishnah Buru, one second. Let's say I don't know if I made Kiddush. But I do know that I daven Marv. I do know that I said Gushabas to my spouse. So maybe if, 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 we go so far to say like Rabbi Kiv Eger or the Magen Avram, then maybe I'm ready Yotze Daraisa and the whole Kiddush is only Darabana and I can be Mekel when I'm in doubt. Now we're talking about a major Nafkamina. I'll give you another Nafkamina. Let's say the wife didn't Davin Marv. I believe, I think it was also maybe that first year, maybe last year, I remember one of the previous years in this series, we've had a Shurim on women in Davening. We said that generally speaking, we assume women are not obligated to Davin Marv. Shacharis and Mincha, yes. Marv, no. What, what can you get away with? How much of Shacharis? We're not repeating that. It's all online. All the Shurim are available online. We did discuss that. I think we had at least two or three Shurim on that. But Marv, not everyone. So again, some women, Davin Marv. I would say, by the way, P.S., I don't know, uh, some of the people in this room go to our shuls, some people go to other shuls. I know that in Israel in general, and including in our shul, Women coming to shul on Friday night is much more common in Israel than it is outside of Israel. It's beautiful. It's also probably a function of the fact that the time that women were used to going to shul in England or in America or South Africa, shul's already over in, in, in Israel. So women want to go to shul at least once if they're waiting for the morning. You know, uh, we had guests, my aunt and uncle were visiting us this past Shabbos uh, from Westchester, from New York, and uh, my aunt was happy to go to shul with my wife, so we're you know, clearing off the table Friday night. So my aunt says to my wife, well, I'm going to go to shul with you. My wife says, no problem. She says, what time do you, you know, go to shul? She said, 8.45. I don't think my aunt has been to shul that early in her life. <laughs> Nothing wrong with my aunt. My aunt's normal. In America, shul didn't start till 9. What do you mean go to shul at 8.45? Yeah, but if you want to get to Kriya Torah, forget Muslim, you know, you, you, yeah, forget Shachra, just to get to Kriya Torah, you have to go at 8.45. Shul starts at 8.15. Then maybe we should. Maybe we should make it later. I don't know. Maybe more, maybe be more, more popular if we were later. That's not up to Kriya Torah. I'm not. No, I'm saying not, not starting. We start. We start. Our show starts at 15. Anyway, the point is that many women do Davin Marv. That's all my point is. But let's say a woman didn't Davin Marv, which is not uncommon, even in Israel, certainly outside of Israel. If you don't go to shul, some people Davin at home. But let's say you have a lot of little kids, or you never were used to Davin Marv. It's okay. 
You don't have to dive a marv. It's one of the benefits of being a woman. You don't have to dive a marv. But let's say the husband did dive a marv, we hope. And let's say he said good Shabbos. But his wife was too busy you know, getting things on the blech. She didn't say good Shabbos back. Maybe he didn't say good Shabbos, and then I'll talk to him about marriage issues at the separate time. <laughs> but the bottom line is, he davened at least, right? Let's assume at least he davened. Can he make Kiddush for his wife now? Whoa. I'm turning over the whole table of Judaism now. Our whole lives are based on Kavavom, Friday night, husband makes Kiddush. One second. We're all obligated in Kiddush. So how can one person make Kiddush for anybody else? Oh, that's, oh, come on, Rabbi Galib. In halacha, that's a common thing. People who have an obligation can, make, can help other people fulfill the obligation. But what if I don't have an obligation anymore? I davened. So I only have a rabbinic obligation to daven with the, with make Kiddush with the wine. But my wife, maybe, for example, hypothetically, if she didn't daven Marav, she still has the Torah obligation. Can I be Motsi her? Wow. So I'm going to come up with a new chumrah, not a kula. I'm a chumrah. A new chumrah is a women have to make Kiddush for the family. How's that going to sell? I'm moving out of Ramapai Chemish quick. <laughs> I'm just spelling these things out. Logically, these things all might follow. And they're all mentioned not by the radical Rabbi Gottlieb, uh, but actually in the Bir Halacha, which I skipped over in, in the Mishnah Brewer, excuse me. He mentions all these possibilities. So, the reason that we're not going to overturn your entire experience of Judaism on Friday night, and I'm not as radical as I seem, is because even though these things could make a lot of sense logically, we don't really accept these things practically, l'halacha. That is to say, yes, it's true that the mainstream view is that the essence of Kiddush is the words, not the wine. We do accept that as a practical halacha. But, and therefore, if a person just had a question about Kiddush itself, and he's half in the Dramamine, half in his sinus medication, and he can't remember, you know, jet lag, sleeping pills, all the things. can't remember, did I make Kiddush? I woke up at one in the morning on Friday night, I can't remember, I made Kiddush and made Kiddush. So then we would say, it could be, if, if you know you daven marav, if you know you daven marav, maybe that's sufficient. Maybe. Or just tell me, I have a suffix, so maybe. But, in the case of, do we go so far as to say, the good Shabbos or the davening, so there, for all sorts of general reasons, we don't necessarily go as far as to say that that would be enough. In part because there are certain elements we're not going to get into now. There are certain elements that you know because you hear Friday Night Kiddush every week. We not only, not only mentioned Shabbos, we mentioned Zecher Litzias Mitzrayim. We have other themes in Kiddush which may not be included in the davening, and they're certainly not included if you just say Good Shabbos. So we don't go as far. Again, it's logically interesting thought experiment to go as far as Rabbi Kivager. Good Shabbos is Kiddush? Wow. Maybe, but we don't really accept that lahalacha, and therefore the way you've been doing Shabbos Friday night your whole lives is fine. But it just you should just know it's actually beneath the surface. It's actually more complicated, and there could be some uh, practical differences. There could be some nafkaminas, even in normal situations. Um, if a person, um, I'll give you one one final example. Right, it's not uncommon for those who make aliyah for the husbands to travel. Certainly not in the Gottlieb house. So in my house, for example, everyone's already over bar mitzvah. But let's say your husband's traveling, a man is traveling, and they have a 12-year-old son at home, and the, the wife is at home. Who should make kiddush? The wife. So, a very interesting question. 
if you assume that the only Kiddush is Kiddush is Kiddush, so then the wife absolutely should make Kiddush because she's the Raisa, he's the Rabbanon. But what if she davened? Maybe now she's now on the same level as her son because if you hold the davening is enough, so there could come out all sorts of nafkaminas. And the Mishnah Bura mentions that uh, as well. And he says, at least again, in theory, it makes sense that maybe, based on this whole new theory, in certain scenarios, an under bar mitzvah, but again, I don't mean like an eight-year-old or a five-year-old, but let's say a 12-year-old, 11-year-old, maybe would be able to make kiddush for his mother if they're really now on the same level because she davened. But in the end, he says, we don't, we don't do that. It's still better for the mom to do it. But again, these are all possibilities that are at least discussed in light of this. Adkan Friday night kiddush. What about Shabbos morning? What about Shabbos morning? So if you go back to the first source on the sheet, the Gemara had said, Zohar Shema Shabbos. That's not only in the night. Zohar even is Yom HaShabbos, in the day of Shabbos. Right? Perhaps. Does that mean the Shabbos, Kiddush is the same on night and day? So take a look now at the next source. We're, half, we're two-thirds of the way down on the front page. The Gemara Psachim says, what's Kiddush, what is the Nusach? Now we all know that the Nusach of Kiddush on Shabbos morning is different. In some families they say like one Pasuk, then Bar Pergafen, some say two, and some just say, in Hasidic circles they just say Bar Pergafen. But it's certainly a shorter Kiddush. Anyone know what the name of Kiddush Shabbos morning is? Anyone know the name? Close? Kiddusha Rabbah. The great Kiddush. But that's really intended ironically. Take a look at the next sources, the Gemara. The Gemara says, The whole essence of Kiddush is in the morning, the Gemara then tells a story, we won't read it inside, but it tells a story about a certain rabbi who was invited to a town, and they had Kiddush and Shul, and they invited him to be Mechabed the Rav, with Kiddush. But he wasn't sure what's the minhag, do they say, Savri, what, 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 which psukim do they say, Shamru, they don't say, what, what do they say? Al-Kain, Beirach, what do they say? So he said, no, no, I'll just say Bar Pergafen, you can't go wrong with that, and I'll see. If people start drinking right away, then I'll know I'm done. If they are looking at me weird, then I'll know I have to add some other things. He said, Bar Pergafen, they started drinking. He said, oh. You see from this that the essence of Kiddush Shabbos morning is really just the Bar Pergafen, and we basically call it Kiddush Rabbah, according to many authorities, as a way of kind of like making it feel good. So then how can you use schnapps, which many people do, or challah even? People yes, yes, so those are good questions. We're not going to discuss either of them today, but maybe next week. I'll, I'm not, the challah one is really obscure. You're right, just, uh, just since it was mentioned. There is a halacha that if you have no wine, you you, yes, you can. It's very, very rare that people rely on that, because thank God we don't usually need to. But the schnapps one is a much more common question. Maybe we'll discuss that next week. Okay. Uh, what about grape juice instead of wine? So that, so that would be the same category. I'm saying, I can answer you shorthand, but I'd rather not because I haven't decided yet what to talk about next week, but maybe that'll be better. <laughs> I don't want to ruin my shear. I'm going to have to come now. The, I, I'm no fool. Um, bring a friend. Okay. Um, so many Mepharshim point out that we call it Kiddush Rabbah, the great Kiddush, the same way you might call your little brother the big, you know, the big guy. It's a way of just making you feel good. But Adarabba, it's actually much less important. It's also smaller. And we generally accept, according to the halacha, what the Ran says in the next source, this is the way we assume, that Kiddush on Friday night is the Daraisa. Kiddush Shabbos morning, the whole kit and caboodle, the words, the wine, and everything. Kiddush Shabbos morning is only rabbinic. Kiddush Shabbos morning is rabbinic. The real mitzvah of Kiddush 
is the Friday night Kiddush. And the Ron says that uh, in the next source. And basically, in the Gemara, we started off say Kiddush and Yom, not only in Lila, the answer is it did, but just like the Gemara also there seemed to say that the essence of Kiddush is the wine. We don't accept that Gemara. That Gemara is all really should be understood not as a primary source, but only rabbinic. It's what we call an asmachta. It's a hint, it's an illusion, but it's not a bona fide source. The bona fide source is that Kiddush really, really is the words, not the wine, and it's really Friday night, not Shabbos morning. Now, with all of this, now comes question. Now, again, I didn't answer your question because I may want to discuss this next week, but given that we assume that Kiddush on Shabbos morning is only rabbinic, so that's maybe, maybe. Do not quote me as saying that. <laughs> Do not quote me as saying that. I didn't say that. I said maybe. That's why there's a discussion. Okay, that's what it is. I will tell you that um, not this past year, because this past year Simchas Torah is, was a whole other story. But the previous Simchas Torah, when the world was still normal, so in our shul, like many shuls, after the Hakafos, we have a big kiddush. So they were waiting for me to make Kiddush. I was like, you know, still sweaty and out of breath from all the dancing and everything else. And I was trying to get all the food, the mass of people there. Then you got to fight the kids who are all like in elite army units. And they know how to find. If, they, if we sent those kids in, you just told them, there's a Kiddush in the tunnels. They would find the hostages, the kids. I can tell you that. Oh boy. Then I cut a plate this big. There's more food on that plate than the kid is. Anyway. So we couldn't find the wine in the waiting, so somebody just poured in my cup some schnapps and I made kiddush. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I heard someone gasp while I was saying kiddush, and you weren't even there. And people said, are you, are you allowed? Can you do it? So I, the next Shabbos, Shabbos Bracious, I give a men's shir every Shabbos morning. It's not fair, only the women should get my shirim. I also give the men some shirim. I gave a men's shir Shabbos morning, and that was the whole topic. And I'm not saying I did the right thing, but that you will have to find out next week if we do the, if we do that topic. But I did give a sheer about that, okay? Obviously, I'm not. That's that's a given. But the question is, are you allowed to make kiddush on, on shnaps? I, I, I'm not committing. I just said maybe. What about the there's like um, shahako wine? All of this, every you're all you, you ask three questions, they're all the same question, which is you're talking about what is the wine that we're using, and that's not that's not our topic right now. Are women obligated? Do you have to say or not? So this is the Gemara. I, I already, I'm going to do it quickly now. I, 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 earlier in the shir, I mentioned the whole Luchadori, Zachar Vashamar, Vidivarecha, the miracle. So this is the source. Second to last source on the page. Look at the bottom. Gemara Brachos, Chafam Bez. That's where the Gemara says this. Women are obligated. Noshim Chayavos Bekidish Hayom. Dvar Torah. Dvar Torah means Midaraisa. Bonafide. Truly obligated. And we now know that Hayom really means Halayla. Welcome to Talmudic language. <laughs> Hayom means the, the day of Shabbos. But the day of Shabbos, we just saw, really means the night. The real mitzvah of Kiddush is at night. And women are obligated 100%. And the Gemara says, how could it be? Isn't it mitzvah says, it's a, a time-bound mitzvah. Aren't women usually potter from those such mitzvahs? And the Gemara says, yes, but there's exceptions. And one of the exceptions is Kiddush. Why? Because Zachar v'shamor b'dibor echad. You can't have half Shabbos. So since women are for sure prohibited a woman can't turn on a light, a woman can't cook, a woman can't drive, a woman can't sew, a woman can't do anything on Shabbos, can't plow, can't plant. Women are obligated in 39 malachas like a man. Once you're obligated in the Shamor, mainly you're obligated in the Zachor. You can't split Shabbos. It's all or nothing. And since we know that women are already halfway in, they have to do the malachos. I mean, they can't do the malachos. So they also have to do the mitzvahs. That's the conclusion of the Gemara. And the Shulchan Aruch, bottom source. Let's read this together. Now, inside. 
says Shulchan Aruch unequivocally, Nashim Chayavos Bekiddush, Yes, it's true that Kiddush is a time out mitzvah, and yet women are totally obligated in it. As we saw before, Zachor and Shomer go together. And therefore, you'll say, okay, why are we making such a big deal about this? What's underlined, last section on the page. Wow. Says the Shulchan Aruch. Theoretically, the wife can make Kiddush. There's no halachic problem with a wife being motzi, her husband, or that, for that matter, any man, but that just might be weird, <laughs> in making a Kiddush for a man. Because women and men have the same obligation. The Mishnah Bura, turn over the page, top source on the page. Mishnah Bura says the same thing, and he makes it very clear where it's underlined, top of the page. Delinian Kiddush, Anoshim v'noshim shavin. It's the same obligation. Men and women are equally obligated. Now, in most Orthodox homes that I'm familiar with, the women do not make Kiddush. Why not? Can you get a more authoritative, accepted source than the Mishnah Bura? Mishnah Bura says it. Not some progressive liberal rabbi. The Mishnah Bura said it. So how come it doesn't happen? So I think there are, at least you know, broadly speaking, say two or three answers. One is custom. But I don't just mean custom in the sense of we're just used to doing everything we always did or what we always saw, although that's something. But I think it's a little, in this case, it might be more than that, um, in that it's clear from the sources, explicitly about Chala, but also about Kiddush, that Balabais, the head of the house, makes the Kiddush, the head of the house makes the, uh, does the Chala. And the titular head of the home in traditional Judaism is the husband, is the father. I didn't mean who's actually the boss. <laughs> That's obviously something else. I think if, I, I've told you the story. I think if, I've told you the story right about with my son Yaakov when he was in first grade. And all the time he asked me for anything important, I gave the same answer that every husband and father ever has given, which is you have to ask mommy. And then he went to school and he started learning Chomish Bereshis. They told him that after, you know, Chava sinned, one of the punishments with the Eitz was that it says, the husband's going to be in charge of you. So I was putting him to bed that night. And he told me what he learned that day. And I said, oh, it's so nice. He says, Abba, how come you always say mommy's the boss? <laughs> the Rebbe said, you're the boss. <laughs> to which I said, you now just learned the difference between Torah Shebechtav and Torah Shebaalpeh. It may say that the husband's the boss, but I've never met a husband who's the boss. <laughs> this is a true story. Yaakov is now 23 and in a bush on the Gaza border. I mean, on, on the Lebanon border, I should say. He's on the Lebanon border. But when he was six and in Baltimore, this happened at bedtime in our house. I told him that's exactly, most of the time, you know, as you know, most times in life, it's like an hour later or a day later, oh, I should have said that. Every now and then Hashem gives you the gift and the words that come at the right time. So that's what I would have wanted to say to him. And I said it, Hashem gave me the siyat to say that right then. I said, you know the difference between Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabbat. Just because it's written that way doesn't mean that's how it's practiced. <laughs> yes, don't worry, mommy is the boss. Um, so, I think that that, so there's a second reason. It's not just, well, my father made Kiddush, my grandfather made Kiddush. It's not just to do the same thing that we try to do. I think it's more than that. It's that Kiddush or Chala, these things are done by the titular head of the family. And the Balabais in a normal, in a, you know, intact Jewish family is considered the father. But there's a third reason why I think we try to avoid that if we can, and that is mentioned in the next source, the Sharetzion. 
in which he says it's not so, so simple that a woman can be motzi, a man. He's not convinced it's not true, but he says it's not clear. It's a machloket. He's not questioning, again, just in case I should have specified this for those who are not familiar. The Shar Hatzion, it's the name, it's a different name, but that is the Mishnabura. It's the same person. You know this, I've said this before, and you knew this even if I wouldn't tell you, that Judaism has a very interesting practice. In Judaism, we call great rabbis not by their name, but by their book. If you, I don't think there's a secular analogy to that. You say, so, you know, Ernest Hemingway wrote whatever. You don't call Ernest Hemingway or whoever, Agatha Christie, you don't call her Sherlock Holmes, or, or, or uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, whatever. You don't, right? You don't, but in Judaism, right, the Rambam's name wasn't Rambam, and the Chavetz Chaim's name wasn't Chavetz Chaim, and any other person you can think of, right? We often call them by the name of their book. So it's confusing because some people wrote more than one book. But that's the reality. So the Chavetz Chaim is the Mishnah Bura, who is the Bir HaLacha, who is the Sharetzion. It's all the same person. So when I tell you here the Sharetzion, second source on the page, he's not so sure if a woman can make Kiddush for a man. He's not schizophrenic. And the source right above, he said, I said the Mishnah Bura says, women and men are equal in Kiddush. And the Shulchan Aruch also said, a man can be, a woman can be Motzi. So in the Mishnah Bura, at the bottom, he's not, he's not backtracking one inch, one iota from his ruling that women are obligated in Kiddush Midaraisa Friday night, just like the man, just like the husband. It's a different question, which is, can I be motzi somebody? That requires a certain different halachic mechanism. This whole idea, which we take for granted because we've been doing it our whole lives, the idea that one person says Kiddush and I'm Yotze, I can all say Kiddush. And many, many other examples. Maybe we should all read Megillah. Forget women's laning, not women's laning. How about every one of us has to read the Megillah? We're all obligated in Megillah. Maybe we should all blow a shofar. So we take it for granted that there's this mechanism in halacha that one person could do something and somehow there's this magic in halacha, there's these invisible halachic strings attaching us. It exists. I'm not trying to, you know, turn over another sacred cow. I'm not denying it. Of course it exists. But it's not so obvious, the Sharetzian points out, that a woman can be motzi a man. A woman can be a woman motzing other women. He's not questioning Woman motzing a man, it could be, he's not sure. So I think those are probably, if you're asking me, I'm just, this is Gottlieb's speculation now, if you're asking me, how come in very, very rare, very, very rare, in most, most, most mainstream Orthodox families, the husband makes Kiddush, and I don't think there's such a movement to change that, and I wouldn't advocate such a movement, the answer again is, not only it's minhag, not only because Kiddush kind of symbolizes the head of the house, and titularly the husband is the head of the house, but also because it's not so clear halachically if it would work. I'm not saying you couldn't do it if you had no choice. If you had a husband who's in, really in bed, and he, if he couldn't talk or something like that, he had oral surgery or something like that, if you asked me what to do and there was no other choice, I would say, you should, I would say to the wife, you should make Kiddush for him. But l'chadchila to do that, um, I think we try to, we do try to uh, avoid that. Okay, and by the way, just to point out, this is true for the Shabbos morning uh, Kiddush as well. Now we have about 10 minutes left. I want to discuss a very important topic, which is relevant to everybody, but it's definitely relevant to women. In part because I think most people, maybe even in this room, don't know this, which is, are you allowed to eat or drink anything before Kiddush? So it's not such a common issue on Friday night, unless it's like the Asar Batavis or something like that, <laughs> people are starving or whatever, right? But... Shabbos morning is very common. Right? You, might not make, you might not have lunch until 11.30, 12, whatever it is. And if you didn't go to shul and you didn't hear Kiddush, so is a woman allowed to eat or drink before hearing Kiddush? I think that's actually very common. 
Should a woman make kiddush for herself before her husband comes home? Mushy. So that's a big topic, but we'll try to do it in seven, eight minutes. Um, if you take a look a few sources down, this is the Gemara Masech Tapsachim. The Gemara tells us something very, very interesting. That Shabbos, innately, in its cosmic, metaphysical, spiritual reality, Shabbos itself has a reality, has a life of its own. And even though Kiddush, etymologically, we are sanctifying the Shabbos, but it's not as if we're creating its sanctity. We're affirming a reality which exists with whether we open our mouth or not. Shabbos itself is innately kadosh, and that's not just some metaphysical thing for people who want to meditate about it on a mountain. It has actual bona fide, tangible uh, ramifications. Says the Gemara, anything you do, there's no such thing, we say we're noshing. Says the Gemara, you can't nosh in a sense on Shabbos in the sense that by definition, anything you eat on Shabbos is important, is chashuv, because it's Shabbos. It's a Shabbos meal, whether you think you're snacking or not. Now, why does that matter? So it matters for things that relate to miser and tithing. I'm not, we don't have time to get into those details now, but the Gemara is talking about tithing. But the Gemara says, just like it's true about tithing, kach Shabbos kova'as lekiddush. What does that mean? So Rashi explains, look where in the parentheses, Rashi says, sha'asar lit'om, Shabbos, we don't say, well, once you've made Kiddush, now it's all of a sudden holy. No, no, no. Shabbos exists as a, as a reality even before anyone said Kiddush. And therefore, from the moment that it's Shabbos, there becomes an obligation to make Kiddush. And if you haven't, you're not allowed to eat. We don't say it only became sanctified and the mitzvahs kick in after the Kiddush. No, no. From the moment there's Shabbos, it's already obligatory. And the Shulchan Aruch says very clearly, and again, in a way that I don't think most people know, You can't even drink. Nothing. Now, the Mishnah Brura and the next paragraph explains, to go so far is maybe only a rabbinic prohibition, but he says it clearly, even a person didn't light, hypothetically light Shabbos candles to accept Shabbos, or it's a Shabbos morning, I didn't, it doesn't matter. Friday night, automatically, there is a Shabbos. That if you accept Shabbos before it gets dark, so then for sure, but even before, even without that, once it gets dark, you're obligated and you can't do anything until you've made Kiddush. What about even water, says the Mishnah Bura? Okay, you can wash your mouth out. If you had, you know, bad taste in your mouth or something like that. But to drink, it could be a problem no matter what. So this is, I think, first of all, an important halacha. I don't know that every woman knows this, especially if she doesn't go to shul Friday night. Maybe she's waiting, her husband's schmoozing a little bit. I, I assume everyone passed around the same meme two Friday nights ago. You know, I must have gotten it from my mother-in-law and from my <laughs> wife and from everybody else. Now the women will see how long davening Friday night really takes. Um, okay, but you know, it could be a little while. Sometimes people are a little hungry, they nosh, or maybe you want to just check the chicken soup. Is it, you know, how does the taste? You're not allowed. You're not allowed. It is prohibited. It's, so it seems that's what the Mishnah Brewer says. Now, if you take a look at the next source, Halichos Besa. This is a very important sefer. You know why? This sefer was written by Rafam Zamanarbach's nephew, and it's all about the laws of women in halacha. And it's important because, not because I own it and have it in my house. If you've seen my library, you know that that's not special because I have like, a lot of books. 
But this is one of my most special books. You know why? Because my wife brought this one into the marriage. She got it as a bat mitzvah gift. I'll tell you how many years ago that was. But my wife, that was, she didn't have that many svarim when we got married. That's more my uh, thing. But one of the svarim which I incorporated and put in my library was this safer, which she got as a bat mitzvah gift. If I remember correctly, I think it was from Joe Wolowski. She got this particular book. And it's a great safer. So I said, I'm taking it. She said, no problem. So what does he say? Very important safer. A woman who lights candles came in Shemitzat HaMinah, that's already Kabbalah Shabbos, which will be discussed two years ago, the Shirem are all online, that when a woman lights Shabbos candles, that makes it Shabbos for her, even if it's not dark yet. So we, every woman knows she can't do Malacha when she, did Shabbos, when she lit candles. It says, but we just saw now, it's not just that, you can't eat or drink anything after you light candles, because now it's Shabbos, even if it's not dark. If it's dark, it happens automatically, the Gemara said. But no, even if you accept Shabbos when it's daytime. And then he says where it's underlined, if it's before sunset, before the time where you're not supposed to do it. Then he says, So the only wiggle room on Friday night to eat or even drink something before hearing Kiddush is if it's not dark yet. In the winter where pretty much it's dark right away, you know, no one's making lighting candles that much before it gets dark anyway. So then there's really not much to talk about. But it, maybe there's a little window. In the summer, sometimes people will make Shabbos an hour, hour and a half, two hours before it gets dark. Okay. So in that window, even though technically, really, really, once a woman lights candles, it's early Shabbos and that's it. But there he says, if it's really, really necessary, she's really, really thirsty, or she's really, really hungry, maybe a little bit of tima, a little taste, is okay. But once it gets actually dark, then it really, really isn't allowed. Now, let's say a woman has a blinding headache and she needs to take Advil and she needs to do this. So I'll say a very simple solution. She should make Kiddush. It's okay. There's no, a woman's obligated in Kiddush. Your husband's not home yet. You need to taste something. You need to drink something. So then make Kiddush. Let's say you should make a practice out of it. Why not? But you can't drink or eat without making, uh, without making Kiddush. This is true on Shabbos day as well. Again, we're running, we have a few minutes left. But if you take a look at the Shulchan Aruch, a little bit below that, he says the same thing. Shlo Yitom Kodim, not only Kiddush at night, uh, but also during the day. Now, the interesting thing is, and we'll just finish up with these two halachos now, is that the daytime is slightly more complicated because women are obligated to daven shachras. And every day there's a similar halacha, which is that we're not really supposed to eat or drink until we daven. So on Shabbos, there's two separate halachos. One is we're not supposed to eat or drink before we daven, and there's a separate halacha, which is we're not supposed to eat or drink until we make kiddush. So the post can explain... The, they make order out of this. It's not a balagan. It's very simple. There are really two separate halachos. Until you've davened, then there's the same halacha seven days a week, which I'll get to what the answer to that is in a second. That you don't need kiddush for, because you have issues about eating or drinking before davening every day. Once you've said shachris, this is for a man and or a woman. Once you've said shachris, now a new halacha comes in. You've said shachris, you're obligated to make kiddush. Okay, you, you don't want to make it until 11.30? That's your, you don't have to make it until 11.30. But then you can't eat or drink anything. There's two separate halachos. So what's the halacha every day? Every day, there are some chassidim and others who are mekel. And there is a room maybe for some women to be more mekel too, maybe. But the general halacha is for, any, for men especially, but even really for women ideally, is until you daven, you're really only supposed to have water. Now in the modern era, many, many, many poskim, this is my personal practice for sure, is they've expanded water to include things like coffee, 
And then once upon a time, people said coffee, but not milk or sugar. And I think now it's pretty, very much Mikubal. The way you drink a normal coffee, you could have even before davening. I, as, me, as often as possible, I try to have coffee before I daven. Seven days a week, including on Shabbos. But, so I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But more than that, a person really shouldn't have. A man especially. For a woman, I would say make brachos. I'm talking about now Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, not only Shabbos. If you do brachos, okay, fine. Now you can have maybe a little bit more. But really, until you die. Now, we've, again, also, thank God, we've done a lot of things over three years. Go online. I've shurim that we gave in this, well, not in this room, we gave it maybe in my, in Shira Platinum's house, I think. I give shurim on women in davening. All sorts of different options how women can be fulfilling her obligation in davening. But whatever that is, and there are more leniencies for women, but once a woman does what she usually does, now she's Yotse that. Now the woman has what obligation? Kiddush. Now we're talking about a new thing, not the same thing that's true the other six days of the week. So it seems like from this, really, really ideally, a woman shouldn't make, shouldn't do any, eat anything really either on Shabbos. However, if you just take a look on the last two sources, so the Shemir Shabbos Klechasa, he quotes from Roshlomo Zaman Orbach, that he thinks a woman could be a little bit more makel on Shabbos day than maybe a man. He says, Af im nashim ocheles achilas arai lefneatvila, pamim mishem shechulsha af ocheles prusas uga, maybe even a little mazonos, mestaber de einen srichen lekadesh. In other words, says Rishlam Islam and Orbach, you really better to, have, to do whatever davening you're going to do without having eating too much, if you can. But once you've davened, you're supposed to make Kiddush. So there's two options. The first option, which I think is really recommended, I just don't know how common it is, is you do not need to wait for your husband to come home from shul if you haven't gone to shul and you want to eat. So daven, whatever you daven, even if it's just your brachos, then make Kiddush. <coughs> Then, eat whatever you want. That's kind of the mainstream of I still remember, um, you know, my wife was not used to doing that. I think she just didn't really eat. But when we were first married, and I remember once we had uh, my Rebbe, Rebbe Rosenzweig, came for Shabbos. So I remember Rosenzweig was with me in shul. We were living in Baltimore. But I remember when I, later that afternoon, my wife said, you know, I was just surprised. Rebbe Rosenzweig came upstairs from the guest room. She said, where's the becher? He said, I wasn't expecting that. She made a whole kiddush. So yeah, exactly. If you really want to eat, if you're not going to eat, it's okay. You don't have to make kiddush on your own. But if you want to eat before going to shul, you want to eat before lunch. So it could be, you know, in America especially, it could be two or three hours to lunch. So then you should make a kiddush. But Rav Shlomo Zaman Orbach is saying a leniency. Saying maybe you don't have to do that. It depends on how much you want to eat. So, so you don't have to do that. Should you be making brachos and then eating? Or do you eat before you even make no, no. brachos? No, no. You should, dev- again, me, if you're asking me, you should not do anything more than coffee before making brachos. Because at the moment, there's two separate halachos. There's a halacha that applies seven days a week, including Shabbos, which yeah. I'm relatively strict on, which I think that it, even women really should be... Coffee should, only? That's what I think, yes. Shabbos the, morning coffee is fine before that. Yes, I do it. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, hopefully we'll both see each other in a good place after 120, not in the other one. But I, I, but, but it, coffee. Yes, uh, <laughs> then I'll be fine. Anyway, but... Um, but yes, that, that's the halacha every day of the week. But once you've davened, then you can't even have the coffee. But brachos is considered, is brachos enough to say you've davened? But, but again, they have to go back to the, the recordings. I gave all sorts of shurim on women in davening. It's better to do the real davening, but if a person was really hungry or you don't have time to do anything else, that would be sufficient. But then there's a separate issue, which is the kiddush issue. So if a person, again, I don't know how hungry you have to be. Then you eat Friday night? I mean, it's... A, but if you're so, so hungry, 
you had to, and you don't want to, and you don't have time, or you can't do a more full davening. Okay, so then make brachos. But then, the question is, what then? So the what then, according to most posts, would be presumably, okay, now make Kiddush. And on Shabbos morning, we already saw, what's Kiddush on Shabbos morning? It could be just as little as Bar Piyagavan. Or you could add out Kain Beirach, whatever your custom in your family is. But really, Bar Piyagavan is enough on Shabbos morning. And then you could have whatever. That's obvious you could have whatever after that. I'm just including that Rishlam Zalman Arbach has a Kiddush. He thinks once you've davened, whatever you want to define as davening now, which is not our topic, but let's say you call it brachos, ideally something more than that. Once you've done that, I would have said on my own, now a woman has to make Kiddush. That's what so so I did. A man. For sure. For sure has to make Kiddush. See, because I went to, to my cousin, who are totally Israeli, um, and I saw they said brachos before they sat down and had their coffee with whatever came Who's the husband? Uh, okay, no, so there are, that's a separate thing. Also, the same, the same people probably make Kiddush on schnapps. Could be. I, that I don't know. I just saw that they actually made brachos. It's brachos. a no, Hasidim in general. There are people who just aren't careful about halacha. I don't want to cast any person on your cousins, but they certainly exist as a, as a category and population. I think, but even people are very careful about halacha. Hasidim in general, not only Chabad, although Chabad is famous for this, but other Hasidim are more makel to make brachos than eat. But my father was litvak, totally litvak, not Hasidish, and he would never leave the house without his cake and coffee. Okay, before. yeah, and, and this wonderful. is Europe. Okay, yeah. fine, fine, fine. I can, I'll tell you, fine, Baruch Hashem. I don't know what else to tell you. But uh, it's fine. But I'm t- if you ask me what, the, what the, to do, certainly for men, but also for women, usually would be during the week to daven before you have anything but coffee or water. Uh, again, you want to start getting orange juice and stuff. This is not our topic right now. But on Shabbos, and this I want to conclude with, on Shabbos, you have two separate points. This is what I'm trying to, don't be confused. First is the davening issue. However, you're yotzi, the davening issue, then really there should be a chiv of kiddush. And therefore, there are many, many women, and I think this is the more proper thing. After you've davened, if your husband's not going to be home yet, or whatever your situation is, so you can make Kiddush, which is not that hard, it's just Bar Pergafen, or one other puzzle. And then you can eat. And it's the whole cup of wine? Like the whole... Yeah, we, we didn't discuss today's shir what you have to drink. But yes, you have to drink uh, the wine or the grape juice. You can't just say the word. Someone has to drink it, let's put it that way. But we, we didn't, I'm not discussing now at the last second. Again, maybe this will be all the reasons why we have to have a second, maybe a third or fourth or fifth year on Kiddush. There's a lot of topics we didn't discuss today. But I'm just pointing out that according to Shlomo Zalman Orbach, I'm trying to give you ladies a cooler, you won't let me finish. The cooler, according to Shlomo Zalman Orbach, is if you're just going to have a little nosh. A little bit of a cake, he said. I don't know how much is a little, really, he says. A little bit, a little bit. Then he says, you know what, you can do it even without Kiddush. Okay, so whether you know it or not, if you weren't making Kiddush, but having a little nosh, so Shlomo Zalman Orbach is on your, it has your back. But really, I think most post would tell you to make Kiddush, and as soon as you can eat more than a little bit of cake, then you definitely have to make Kiddush. I don't know. He didn't say really. He's not so clear. <laughs> Just make Kiddush. It's Barbara Guffin. It's a lot of wine. Yeah, how much does it have to be? It doesn't have to be that much at all. No.